What's up? And welcome to Live in the Damn Dream. I'm one of your hosts, Mike. And I'm the other host, Sarah. It is, it's hot, it's sweltering um, lately, but we're still bringing you some hot podcast goodness. But Sarah, maybe not for long. We've got some news. Tell the people. I don't, why are you making me be the heartbreaker here? I heartbreak <laughs> enough. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, you can do it in such a nicer way. Your bedside manner, I think, is better than mine. Well, thanks. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess we've gotten to a point, we've done this podcast, what, for about a year and a half now? Uh, we started like October 20 or November 29. It's like almost two years, more than oh, a year and a half. My I think. goodness. Yeah. It's crazy. It's We've been, a been long doing time. this podcast for two years and you know, our original t- intention was to bring you a bunch of topics that would both help people that were aspiring to be, you know, people in the entertainment or media industry. And then also to, of course, entertain those, um, and perhaps give some life advice with anecdotes and, you know, things that were more generally, um, general sort of topics and we've kind of reached a point where I don't want to say we're running out of things to say but you know we feel that the podcast has run its course um part of it too is that you know our listener base after we took that break because both of us got really busy with career stuff um didn't 100% come back um and that's okay you know I think the goal here was to sort of give us an opportunity to share what was going on in our lives and hopefully inspire and educate and, you know, again, entertain others. And because we're doing our job so well, we don't, it's harder and harder for us to meet and do this. Um, and our time is sort of better allocated to our actual careers and maybe taking some of this to social media or whatever at this point, or you could just hire Mike, right? Mike started a business. You could go pay him right. for his time. Um, you can always throw money my way too. I don't have a formal business, <laughs> but I'll take it. Um, so yeah, we have decided to wrap this at the end of July. Um, we have a couple incredible episodes coming your way. Um, today we're going to put Mike through the damn dozen, which oh, boy. we had promised. Um, next week we have a long awaited voiceover episode. I had a lot of requests for people who were looking to get started in this sort of facet of the industry. Um, and we've invited on one of my really gr- good friends from college. Her name's Dara Rosenberg. Um, she does this full time. She's has a crazy, crazy career in the voiceover world. She does, she does commercials, but she's really known for doing audiobooks, and she makes a shit ton of money on a city. Yeah. So, um, she's, she's going to be on to share some of her, um, tips for getting started. Um, some of her anecdotes in the industry. Of course, I have mine as well. And and Mike does have some of his too. So we have plenty of great stuff for you next week with that episode. And then we're going to finish off with something really appropriate, which is going to be, how do you know when to quit? When do you give up in this industry? And we're not giving up. So let me be clear. We're not giving up. You know, this may be a soft end. It may be a hard end. We're not really sure. Um, But for now, it just feels like a good stopping point being that, you know, Mike's really busy with the Mets. I'm really busy with display and we are sort of scraping the bottom of the barrel for topics these days. Well, it's it's kind of a two or three full thing. You touched on all the the topics. Number, I mean, number one, don't forget, we started this at a time when you and I had a lot more free time. You know, work wasn't as um, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't know, abundant, I guess. And then we had a pandemic where there was nothing at all to do. And it was, you know, fun, a fun time for us to take a step back and realize we could teach people stuff. Like you said, teach about how to succeed in this industry. Also give some 
personal anecdotes and things like that. But yeah, to this point, I think we've, we've kind of taught you guys everything that we know um, or everything that, that you need to kind of follow in our footsteps if that's what you wanted. Otherwise, yeah, it just becomes kind of me and Sarah's like venting hour for the week of what like annoyed us or what was fun for the past week. But you get all that on our social media anyway. So um, thank you guys for all. And we're not saying goodbye yet. We'll save all the mushy stuff, I guess, for a few weeks from now. But um, thanks for all of you that have stuck by with us. But like Sarah said, it, it, we were spending more time the last couple of weeks trying to figure out when to record every week than we were actually recording the show because Sarah's been incredibly busy. Like she said, I have too. And um, yeah, when it, when it starts feeling more like like an obligation than like something fun, then that's good advice for anything in life. I think that's when you have to reevaluate what exactly it is that you're doing and what your game plan is. So yeah, yeah, it's, it's tough, but for a good thing, if we were so free and not busy that we could do this like five days a week, then something would be going wrong, right? Career-wise. true. I, t- I, t- I made Mike promise that we have a monthly check-in because I'm gonna miss him so much. <laughs> Maybe we'll do like an Instagram live and then whoever wants to watch with us can and you we and I can just catch up an and that can Instagram be it. live that I've yeah. been doing a lot more of those lately. They've been a lot of fun. Um, so I definitely think we should do that. Maybe it doesn't need to be once a month, but you know, Mike, you could also just call me like I am. That's true. We could just have like a friendship as opposed to something <laughs> with a content creation. That's a good point. Who, who would think of that in this 2021? Um, but yeah, so th- this is our news to start this. I, you know, hopefully it's, I don't know, bittersweet for you as well. Again, it means that we're actually living out the name of our podcast, which is the dream, right? Like we're, yeah. we got so busy with our careers that we're actually living the damn dream. And actually part of living the damn dream is incorporating a work-life balance. And I think that's another part of it. You know, it's some of the free time that we do have these days, you know, you've been wanting to make sure that you're spending quality time with loved ones. Same with me, like mm-hmm. actually enjoy the living part of the dream. Um, <laughs> and, you know, if we're spending the only hour that we have, you know, sourcing material, trying to find time to meet, et cetera, et cetera. Um, yeah, you can find some of what we're offering again on our social media. So definitely stay in touch and it's not goodbye yet. Yeah. And and I'll plug myself since Sarah already did. If you do want to continue learning about how to succeed in this business, MikeJanellaMedia.com. You can hire me to personally coach you and work with you individually through your uh, attempt to make this a career. And maybe we can get like a guest professor lectureship from Sarah as part of the package deal. Um, if that's something you guys want to pursue. I am very expensive, Mike. I don't think you can afford <laughs> And you charge hourly, I think, right? Yeah. Um, with that being said, let's do a quick catch up and then let's launch into Mike's damn dozen. So um, I don't know, Mike, what's this week brought for you? Anything of note? Uh, it's just been, it's a crazy scheduling. We're recording this on Monday of all-star week for baseball. So, uh, the Mets are not playing for a few days and that's been weird because they play every day. And, um, it's just been crazy because with the weather this year, um, the Mets have played more double headers through the first half of the season than any other team since 1978. So it's been like historic, the amount of double games and the way it works is, you know, like we show up to a Mets game and we're there working, preparing as if a game's going to happen. And then if it gets rained out, we get sent home to then come back and work two games the next day, for example, right? So it's not like I know at 1 p.m., hey, you have a free night tonight because of the weather. Like everyone there is still showing up, still going through all their routine. So it's basically double the work over the last week or two with all these different changes and stuff. So it has been crazy. Um, I have some interesting job news later in our casting call of the week. 
um, which will be will be funny then. And uh, Sarah, I've gone through the motions as we talked about of creating my S corp. Remember, we did an episode on that mm -hmm. to maximize your corporation stuff um, a few months ago. I found out this week that even though I filed all my paperwork back in March and the United States government acknowledges me as an S-Corp, the state of New Jersey never did. They didn't accept me. So I've been like filing all this tax stuff for nothing for months. No. Yeah, it's terrible. So now I think technically, according to New Jersey, I can't be an S-Corp until 2022. But according to the federal government, I have been already since March of this year. So I'm expecting next tax season to have a story to tell. And we'll do an Instagram live <laughs> about that. Oh, but I finally God. just gave up and hired a professional, not the one that we've used. I got a new person because the one that we used, I think, I think we told I'm that story. A new one too. I've I've decided and I'm pretty sure I know who it is. It's the person who told me to get the to apply for the PPP thing and the like that my personal accountant didn't even uh -huh. say that I couldn't qualify for and then I did. So yep. I'm pretty sure I'm gonna go to that person since they got me that money to begin with. Yeah. This, this guy's got a website that wasn't built no. in 2001. Uh, he answers calls back immediately. He has an assistant, like very professional. Um, but the problem is now, according to New Jersey, I have to pay like workers comp insurance to myself and I have to set up a payroll that pays taxes quarterly and all this stuff. So I'm out like an extra two grand this week that I wasn't expecting, but hopefully in the end, it means I get to make more money uh, as a corporation come next tax season. So it's been a lot of me losing money this week for things that hopefully down the road will pay out. But right now it kind of sucks. And that's about it. How about you? Um, it's interesting you said that because I actually had to set up before the PPP stuff, payroll, all of that stuff, workers comp. So I've been using Gusto mm. um, to do all of that for the last, I don't know, a couple months now. And now it's done. So Actually, maybe I will be able to update you in a couple of weeks. I'm now I'm going through the process of applying for the forgiveness part. So we'll see if ah, I did right. enough things by the book to be forgiven my loan that I was given. Um, we'll find out. Um, mm, but I did it tuned. under the, you know, advisement of this person who, again, I was like, you know what? They've shown me that they've given me all of this time and energy for free. Um, it might be a great person to hire and give back a little bit to since that was something that happened. But yeah, um, for me. Yeah, just continuing hosting display. Um, you know, it's great. I, I'm reaching out to a lot of people right now because I have a guest a night. So a lot of people that I haven't connected with in a long time to bring them on now that the show is better, you know, produced. We have like, it feels like an official show. Now I'm on a set. We have graphics. We have a full like production team. So after I think Display Fest happened, we really got our stuff together. And yeah, now we're looking at getting the New York space, which will even take it up a notch um, and that'll be really exciting because then I can have in-person guests and not make people come to Connecticut um, but I have had two in-person guests this past week which is great um, so yeah just continuing with that we'll see what the next 90 days holds that's sort of like our the next milestone of timing that we're looking at so hopefully I'll be back in New York you can come by in person. That would be sick. I'm excited. I haven't done an in-person like uh, interview, either giving or receiving since pre-pandemic. I'm jealous that you're already getting in-person guests back. That Nothing beats it. Yeah. And um, aside from that, I've, I've been taping a fair amount for commercial work. Um, I have hopefully this hosting gig that keeps getting pushed off and pushed. This is another thing. I don't know if we've talked about enough on here. Like, I will book things and then it like gets pushed and pushed and pushed. And by the time that I actually shoot something, it's literally more than half a year since I even auditioned for it. 
Um, so similarly, I had a really big job that I was supposed to do like a couple months ago. I think this was back in March or April. It's now July. Now she's telling <laughs> me it's going to look, it's going to be September, October. Um, and it's a big one. So I'm like really, really hoping that it pans out. Like this company just got bought by sports illustrated. So it could even turn into something bigger. Um, but yeah, so you'll have to stay tuned for updates on that, but yeah, just, just kind of hanging out, you know, submitting the tapes um shooting the content um i guess the other thing i can this is a little helpful tidbit for anyone out there who might have access to it you included mike um i did kick off my live series on instagram again it was something i was doing prior to display fest under the um you know advice of the social media expert that i hired um she said you should really take advantage of all of the tools that Instagram has to offer. It really helps to feed the algorithm by submitting sort of a variety of content. And I loved, I loved doing that. It was a lot of fun. Well, now I'm sure you've heard the news. Instagram switched to sort of, uh, they're not calling themselves a photo sharing platform anymore. Did you hear about this? No. So they're pushing, pushing, pushing video. Like a lot of changes will be happening. You can still continue to share photos, but those photos basically they're saying will not do well, will not they're not looking to push that kind of content probably because they see the success of these other apps like TikTok, and they want to compete, which is kind of sad because like there is value in holding a niche part of the market. And like, you know, if you know, people want to submit photos and post photos and like, you know, I still like to look at photos. So it's, it's tricky. So they announced that last week. And one of the other things that they've rolled out is incentivizing, um, people going live. So if you have a creator account, which I'm not sure if you do, Mike, but I do. I don't um, even know. <laughs> right now they're rolling out this badge program that basically is a tip jar. So if you go live, you can turn on badges and people can tip you by buying these badges, right? Which is like, whatever, great, okay. However, right now, if you do it, um, a lot of people that have, and I think this has been rolled out to people who have really been using live. And I think that might be one of the reasons that I have access to this, but I encourage anyone to check. Um, I am, I have a possibility of making over a thousand dollars with all of these different milestones that Instagram has basically set up for me as a creator account. So like I have to go live for 15 minutes by myself. I make a hundred dollars just for going live for 15 minutes. I go live okay. with another account for 30 minutes, I get $250 from Instagram without, doesn't matter if people tip me or not or whatever. Damn. So I just, I'll, I'll just announce that really fast for anyone who might be a creator, might have access to this. Um, let me just walk you through it really quickly. So you would go into your Instagram account, right? I'm grabbing my phone as we Let's speak to follow along and see. No, some people don't. So if you don't, it, you, listen, it might come your way soon. It is just another reminder. Maybe get yourself a creator account if this is something you're looking to do. If you're the an every person, whatever. But listen, $1,000 is $1,000. So Yeah, hell yeah. Okay, so you're going to click on the little menu on the top right of your profile, right? Those three little lines. Boom. And you're going to click on settings. Yeah. And you're going to click, do you have a creator app part of that or no? Do you see a tab that says creator? I don't. I guess I'm not a creator. Boom. Okay. So I don't know how to fix that. Um, yeah, I'm not sure what you would need to do. But if you do have that, you would click on creator and then you would see something that says badges. Um, and then you would basically register for this badge program. And it shows you all your different milestones. So Look out for my lives the next couple of weeks. I'll be doing a lot of them. Um, and yeah, hopefully they're as helpful to you as they are to me. I've had a lot of 
really great feedback on the ones that I've done so far. I shared my sober story. Um, I went live with my social media coach that I had hired and we did a whole thing of how to be confident on camera. We're going to go live again this week um, on how to make money on your content on social media, which is great. So yeah, tune in for a schedule of that. Um, and I think without further ado, it is time to get to the damn dozen. Oh, Mike, no. are you ready? I've had two, almost two years to prepare for this, asking people these same questions that I now have to answer. And I feel like I should have done more thinking ahead of time because I feel very unprepared. It's better but spontaneous. Yeah, let's do it. So what has been your favorite role or job to date? Um, I'd say the role or job specifically, so not the external circumstances, but when I hosted my talk show with the Padres, Fox Sports San Diego, um, the team wasn't good. The people I worked with, my immediate crew was amazing, like my direct boss, my producers, everything. But the rest of the like front office there wasn't the best. I didn't love living so far away from home. But I got to host my own talk show seven days a week for an hour live on actual cable TV. There were commercials. There were sponsors. There were guests. Snoop Dogg came to the studio. Like, you know, celebrities were part of this thing. Um, and I got to run the whole show. Uh, I felt like, you know, Jimmy Fallon or Steve even Colbert or something. And that's always been my dream is to have my own show. So like my dream dream would be to have something like that, except now with the Mets, like a team that I actually love and grew up rooting for. And like with a lot of people I like working with or doing that for ESPN or someone on a nationwide level. So um, in terms of the actual job itself, uh, definitely that. Cause I had, it was basically the Mike Janela show for an hour a day, seven days a week. And as a host, nothing gets better than that. I feel like you kind of do a version. I mean, obviously it varies what you're doing and maybe I just don't quite understand, but I feel like you're doing a mix of interviewing cool people on the field, whether it's, you know, um, people who are there as fans. Plus I've seen stuff where you're interviewing personalities like Seinfeld, right? Like, so. Yeah. With the, the, the thing with the Mets now is that it's a bit more of a hodgepodge, right? So I do my daily pregame show, which I love. And that's, you know, something that I'm, I'm glad we're doing more of this year. We didn't do that um, pre-pandemic. I'm hosting a live post-game show on Twitter spaces. It's basically like called in radio, but on Twitter, which is a blast. Um, and it's great, but it is kind of all over the place, right? And like right. some days we do it, some we don't. It depends when the celebrities in town or when a player's available. Whereas I, I love the idea of knowing, hey, every day at this time, you could tune in and, you know, Mike's going to be on your TV or your phone or your tablet or whatever. So um, this is a lot more fun. And it's also... Look, I'm, I'm a little bit older, so there's still some cachet for me and being able to say I'm on TV, right? Even it. though anyone under the age of 30 doesn't think of TV the same way that maybe our generation does. But it's like those improv comedians that still want to be on SNL, even though SNL maybe hasn't been what it used to be. Like, there's still something that means that to me to be able to say I'm on television, even if it's not the same as, you know, for someone that's 19 or whatever. I feel the same way. I mean, I have my show right now and it is at a consistent time every day. And, you know, hopefully, especially when we get that New York space, we'll have access to some more of those celebrity figures. And during Display Fest, I certainly did. Um, but yeah, it is on a phone and there is, you know, people, you have to tell people how to find it. It's kind of right. confusing. Whereas you can just be like, hey, I'm on this show. You know, I'm on Good Morning America every day. That is my right. show, right? Like there's something so simple about that or like the Drew Barrymore show, like, you know, that that's just so there's something. Yeah, uh, that is that is the goal for sure. I, I feel you on that. OK, so flip side, what's your worst audition horror story? 
Luckily, and I always felt bad whenever people that we asked this question to had stories. I've never had a really bad audition in terms of like I left it and thought, oh, man, I'm so embarrassed or I can't believe that or whatever. There's obviously been ones where I didn't get the job and I think back, oh, man, I kind of bombed that or whatever. But even like we talked about this, I think, early on in the show's run when I auditioned with WWE and they put me up with um, one of their on-air personalities and in the end, I looked back and kind of regretted how I did it. But in the moment, it felt amazing. I just took a, the wrong approach. It wasn't like a bad thing. The one thing that I think stands out, I auditioned for a job with, um, it was like a like Pepsi was sponsoring this like fan content creation role or something to follow the Rangers, New York Rangers hockey team. Um, and they were paying you to basically go to every game and then go live on like Pepsi's Instagram after the game and talk about it. They would send you to this right before the pandemic hit, send you to like the draft and to playoff games and road games and stuff. And I went to the audition. It was a callback. So I, the first audition I went through, this was a callback. So I'm like, I'm feeling good. And I had just come back from vacation. I had gotten sick while I was flying. I was like low on sleep, eating terribly, not working out. So my body was just breaking down. And I got two gigantic um, cold sores on my lips. I've been getting them no. since I was a kid. Yeah, oral herpes, it's awesome. Um, and they were just like completely blew up. So I show up looking like who knows no. what, that caught who knows what. And I just felt terrible. But, and this is a learning moment for people, you just got to acknowledge it and like own it, right? Because if that had happened to me when I was younger, um, I would have pretended like like nothing happened or like I just looked normal, but you got to own it. So the first thing I said in front of a room of eight Pepsi executives was like, look, guys, I got like a herpes outbreak, you know, whatever. I made some joke. I forget what it was. Uh, and then I said, of course, on the one of the biggest auditions of my life, this happens to me. So, you know, hope you don't mind it or whatever. And they didn't. They brought me back for a next round of callbacks. So even that like horrible, embarrassing moment still worked out. I didn't get the job in the end, but I made it past that next round. So even that like, one, but... anybody want to make out? <laughs> yeah, seriously. Exactly. So yeah, just like something like that, just turn it on its head, own it. And that's way better than trying to pretend like you're not embarrassed. So that's I my love that. All right. What made you choose this for a career? Um, this, I told the story a lot when people ask me this, uh, I wanted to play sports like a lot of young people, right? You're eight years old. You look up to your idols. You want to play. And then I went to Little League and was just terrible. I was a short, slow, chubby kid with no athleticism. And I realized very fast that I was not going to make it as a major league baseball player or a basketball player or whatever. And then I forget who. It might have been Bob Costas, Al Michaels. I don't know, some generic sportscaster. I was watching a game one day and something huge happened. And they said something like, man, I can't believe I'm, I'm getting paid for this, or I can't believe this is my job is to witness history or, or be here on a night like tonight. And nine-year-old me or 10-year-old me thought, wow, that's actually a pretty good point. These guys get paid to be at every single game and watch every game. And that's super cool. I'm watching these games at home. Imagine if that could be my job when I'm an adult. And so from that point on, I was very lucky. I kind of knew and had a focus of what I wanted to do. So I was able to, starting in high school, start plotting those steps, knowing what I had to do to get to where I am today or where I wanted to be. So um, yeah, sucking at sports is basically what made, me, what, eh, what made me choose wanting to do this for a job. And uh, sometimes I talk well and sometimes I don't. So that's um, how it goes. Well, if you keep talking like that, you might not be able to do this much longer. <laughs> We're wrapping the podcast in a couple of weeks. So I'm just yeah. getting all my bad talking out now. 
if you weren't a performer, what would you be doing for a living? And obviously you can't say like athlete either because we all know you don't have the skills. Exactly. We lost that a long time ago. So this is the other thing. Whenever we do the damn dozen with other people, and I always think in my head, man, if I ever answered these, I would have so many qualifiers. And we're going to get to this with the Disney character question later. I already know that one's coming. But like for this, so for example, would being a newspaper writer still count as being a performer or a creator? Like, what's your opinion on that? I think that? that's fine. I think that's a, yeah, I think it's different enough from what you're doing. Okay, so that would probably be it. And if I ever decided like hosting on camera is not cutting it for me, I'd probably be some kind of a writer, like either a columnist or a reporter. And I've done that in the past. So it's not like a huge crazy thing. If you want the wild, like completely unrelated answer, maybe teacher, though that's a kind of a boring answer, I think. A lot of people fall back on that. But I always had this dream of operating like one of those little newsstands. Like, you know, when you're walking the city and the little guy that's in the hut and he sells every magazine or newspaper and Mm -hmm. candy and whatever, but doing that somewhere really cool, like moving to Australia or going back to Portugal or like just somewhere on a beach where I'm just, you know, giving people their magazine or their daily paper, making friends with the same people that stop by every morning for their coffee and just running my little shack and then having my afternoons free and evenings free and just kind of living a super life off the grid. So that's the crazy, the crazy uh, backup plan. But I don't think that's going to happen anytime soon. Hopefully not. What is your biggest unknown skill? We've talked a lot about ourselves on here, but is there something that might surprise us? Yeah, I think we've kind of let everyone know everything we like about us to this point. Um, I think a couple things that maybe we've talked about in the past. Yeah, maybe. I think a lot of people don't realize that I speak two other languages um, because I look like just a generic white guy and then it can never place. Like, are you Italian heritage? Are you like English, German, whatever? Um, But yeah, I'm 100% Portuguese and I speak that fluently and I speak Spanish fluently. So a lot of people, like when I interview a lot of Latino baseball players and I break out a little Spanish, they're very surprised and don't expect it. And so that's probably one thing. Um, I can pick up very thin objects with my, the space between my pinky toe and the toe next to it, like a pencil I could probably pick up. That's unknown, I (laughs) think. Thank you for that visual. Wow, that'll do you well in this world. I'm really Yeah, I don't get to use it that often, believe it or not, that skill, but it is something I can do. on the field sometime. Uh, yeah, I'll end up on wiki feet or something afterward. And uh, then we're good to go. Dear God. Okay. I'm, trying to think, like, I'm just looking around my apartment for inspiration. Like, is there anything else I do around here? Not really. I don't cook well. I don't like sew. I can ride a bike, but that's not very talented. Um, I can't juggle or yeah, I'm kind of just a boring guy. No, I think you're, you're the things that you list about for pretty great. Oh, um, it's like whenever about- people, I was going to say, whenever people ask like in a job interview or something, oh, what are your hobbies or what do you do for fun? Or you and I apply to all these reality shows, right? And they always ask, oh, what do you do for fun? I watch like, I watch movies. I watch TV. Like I go to, you know, a bar with my friends. That's not, it's not, oh, I love mountain climbing or I'm a scuba diver or like, or I crochet. Like I'm a, it's a pretty just average life. I think it's, it feels kind of boring, but maybe I I got to change that. I never know how to answer those questions either. Um, So tough. Very awkward. So we obviously give a lot of advice on here about people wanting to follow in our footsteps. It's kind of the name of the game here. But if you had to pick one thing that we've talked about or maybe that we haven't, like what would your biggest piece of advice be for those looking to do this? Just uh, go to MikeJanellaMedia.com and book me to teach you everything. Uh, (laughs) No, I think um, we've touched on this a lot. It's 
create your own your own way, I guess, if I want the larger piece of advice. And that goes two things, right? Number one, creating your own content if you're a content maker. Like if you're not getting the jobs or the roles, there's so many opportunities now to go live on your own Instagram or create a YouTube series or become like a TikTok uh, sportscaster or something. Like there's so many ways that you can make your own stuff, make a podcast that will serve you down the road. And even if you're not making money off of it, it's proof when you go to apply for a gig or audition for a gig that you can say, Hey, I've been making all this stuff this whole time. So that's the one thing. But then the other thing with creating your own way is once you get these opportunities, like use them to your advantage. I really regret when I was younger in my career working somewhere and that Padre's job was a great example where I told myself, hey, in year number two, that's when I'll start trying to network more and talking to the people at the station and saying, hey, I'm the guy who hosts this show on your five o'clock hour. If you ever want me to do more, I'd love to learn more. And then the show got canceled before I ever had that chance. So use the opportunities when you have a great gig or a great opportunity, even if it's an internship, you know, learn, network, uh, make your introductions, like always think about that next step. Because if you're just hoping that there's some imaginary ladder that you're going to be ticking boxes as you go up, that's not going to happen all the time. You got to make your own way there. So, you know, find the tastemakers and the kingmakers, the people that the decision makers and the influencers that you need to get on your side and, and make your own way, introduce yourself prove what you can do, always ask for more. And don't just think things are going to be given to you. You got to create your own way uh, in more ways than one. Okay. You ready for the fun part of it? Uh, this is what I've been waiting for the whole time. Yeah. The job yeah, stuff is I know boring. You're not going blindly into stuff. this because you made a note that you Googled the first answer in this doc. So <laughs> great. At least you're honest. Who would play you in the movie of your life? Oh, wait, I had to, um, I forgot that I left myself a note. Um, I have to remind myself what the note was in the Google so Doc. busted for Googling. Did it? I'm trying to think. Uh, you remember who this? is going to play you? No. Oh, you know, oh, I, you know what happened? I think I started Googling um, when I knew that we decided we were going to do this. But now I forget who I found. So now I'm like busted for busting myself because I don't wow. even have the right answer. Yeah, wow. it's terrible. Um, God, who is it going to be? So I've been told a lot of different people. I've been told um, I look like a young Mark Ruffalo, which I don't think I buy. I've been told Steve-O from Jackass, which I really don't buy. Um, but I'm trying to think who else. I think what I wanted to do, there's like a, a website that like you put in your face and it tells you like what celebrity you look like the most. Okay, but let's, let's take, okay, let's do this differently. Is there okay. someone who you feel that they're, spirit or their energy kind of embodies you or is there an right. actor that you admire who you'd be the like essence yeah right. yeah as he um <laughs> what's that I said, as yeah as i google as i'm typing again. away as you hear me with my fingers typing um i think and because i love him so much i'd probably go with uh paul rudd i think i love that for you i think that's great thanks because he can go like me very goofy and irreverent, but he can also kind of turn on the seriousness and the earnestness when he needs to. And we both are brown haired white guys that look young for our age. So I think, uh, I think that's what I'm going to go with. And I love him. You know, he's great. Mike, that is probably better than what you would have given us with your Google versus With the Google? Yeah. I'm, I'm a big fan. Okay. I appreciate it. Who was your first celebrity crush? Paul Rudd. Paul, yeah, exactly. At age 25, Paul Rudd. Um, although, when when did Clueless come out? Like 1995 or something? Yeah, I think that's about right. 
All right. So like Paul Rudd was in my life at age 10. So theoretically, like he could be my first celebrity crush. Um, Like every male, like straight male of my age, I think the answer is going to be Kelly Kapowski at Saved by the Bell, uh, Tiffany Amber Thiessen. Yeah, it's very cliche, but it's also weird because celebrity crush, it depends like what you mean by crush, right? And when I said earlier, all these qualifiers I think about, like I didn't know at age six that I was sexually attracted to this character on TV, but I just knew, wow, that's a pretty girl. And I would like, I enjoy watching her on my television, right? So that's like that earliest sense of something going on. But then as I got older, probably like Topanga, Lawrence in Boy Meets World, mm-hmm. um, the Pink Ranger in Power Rangers. Kimberly, yeah, nice. Yeah. The pterodactyl, good memory. I loved Kimberly. I wanted to be Kimberly. She was great. She was yeah. amazing. Um, and then, like, once I got to like my teen years and I finally like understood what a crush meant, I would probably say like Jennifer Love Hewitt in those early like movies mm-hmm. that she did. Like, I know what you did last summer, that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. I was like, yeah, that I want to take her to prom, um, kind of <laughs> thing. So, you could. T- I have a type. You can tell too. Okay. It's like brunette women. There's Girl like next my door. thing. Yeah, exactly. Who love dinosaurs. Yeah. So that's kind of my, that's, that's kind of my thing. <laughs> All right. Worst fashion trend you ever participated in? Oh my gosh. Um, anything baggy. Um, I mean, you were there in the late nineties, early two thousands for guys. Like if your jeans were in 10 sizes too big or your shirt wasn't it's down to your knees, down your butt. Yeah, exactly. It wasn't bad. And thankfully I never went super crazy because I had these very, traditional immigrant grandparents who were like, wear a belt, pull up your pants, like that kind of stuff. So I never showed like ass cheeks in public, but just how wide the legs on my pants used to be in private. Yeah, definitely. All the time. Uh, Oh, even to this day. Um, But yeah, even, but even like after that, like when we got out of college and I look back on some of the suits I used to wear on job interviews or stuff like that, everything was just so big Mm -hmm. and nothing fit. It was like, what were you doing? Like learning that you could tailor clothes was a a game changer in my life. So yeah, I never did like Jenko's or anything like that crazy, but yeah, anything baggy. Um, There was that moment, and we've talked about this before with music a lot, where like us white kids were trying to mimic hip hop culture so bad, like in middle school. And I would wear like FUBU shirts, which literally for us, by us, made for black people, like by black people. What's a white suburban kid doing? wearing this kind of clothing, super embarrassing. But you know, you're 12, you're 13, you make these mistakes and you laugh at them now that you're older. So you know this one's coming, Disney character, what's your fave? So here's my question, because Disney now like owns everything, right? Star Wars, Marvel, Pixar. So are we like everything or just traditional Disney animated stuff that we grew up with? What? ever you want mike this is your show today all right so i'm gonna stick just to help myself out um with the traditional uh cartoon stuff because otherwise in terms of disney sure yeah exactly because otherwise i'd probably pick like captain america in the marvel movies the chris evans version Mm -hmm, because mm -hmm. that's that's my guy um but i'd go with um, I think Aladdin, Aladdin himself, because similar to Paul Rudd, very whimsical, very like easygoing, heart of gold, um, you know, classic wins the princess at the end. Us, classic yeah, character. Yeah. yeah. Classic. Like, like I, yeah. Yeah. I saw that as a seven, eight year old, whatever. Like, wow, that guy's really cool. And he seems really nice and like a really fun hang. Um, so probably 
Probably Aladdin is what I'm going to go with. Yeah. And I had a huge crust on Princess Jasmine, too. So I th- I'm sure that had something to do with it. <laughs> You're like, I want Growing that up. guy's life. Yes, exactly. Um, and he had a monkey. What's not to love? And he did. Yeah, of course. And a genie. Like, amazing. A genie. What, a life. Uh, what a life. What a life. First CD you ever bought? So this I don't remember, but I know it's one of three options. And I forget which one I got first. It's either... Um, Hootie and the Blowfish's Cracked Rear View, which had all their hits on it. Um, and then it was Tragic Kingdom by No Doubt. So one of those two. Or ESPN's Jock Jams Volume 2. Wow. I very specifically remember Volume 2. So one of those three was the first CD I ever bought. Um, but yeah, I remember there was like a big time in my life where I would just buy a CD a week. Maybe you were the same way. Yeah. And yeah, it was like um, the Puff Daddy No Way Out, the first CD he put out after Biggie died. That was one of my early ones. Uh, Alanis Morissette, Jagged Little Pill was an early one. That was like my first class of CDs. And I forget exactly which one was first first, but it's something in one of those, one of those things. taste, I would say. Thank you. Um, no in sync. And although I did think JC Chazé was the best one, we have to mention him at some point in this For in sure. this questionnaire. But I never owned an in sync or a Backstreet Boys CD. But I think I had some other good ones. Yeah. And for your final question, we've got. We're here at the end already. It's been twelve. Crazy. Wow! It goes so fast when you're on the other side. I know. What's in your fridge right now? You want to see? Because you're on video, so you can actually. Cause I'm, I'm I'll standing, I'm standing right here next to the fridge. And we did this in, with good timing because I just went shopping oh, this it. week. He's got a shit ton of Bud Light. What I do. I have, a, I have a story for that. Is, is, that a, is that oat milk? What kind of milk? Uh, it is almond milk. Almond milk. We've got some sort of juice. Is that grapefruit? That's uh, iced tea in there. Unsweetened oh. black iced tea. Love that. We've got some bubbly... Um, and Lots I of bubbly. Eat. I love my carbonated water. We then have, have M&M's. Yes, dark chocolate M&M's, which I eat after every meal. I have like two or three just to cleanse the palate. And this, then some there's, there's avocados behind them because, okay. you know, healthiness. This is, the, this is the condiment shelf. So I have my honey mustard, my lemon juice, my ketchup, and my hot sauce. We've got hummus. We've got salsa. We've got grated cheese. There's some cooked chicken and salmon down there, some fruit that you can't see. And then all the alcohol, I'm going to explain, because I have three different varieties of beer that I'm counting, uh, some peach moonshine that my uncle gave me, and then um, some old uh, Finnish malt liquor that was a sponsor for a show that I hosted, and now I have extras left over. So I had a birthday party, uh, was it two weeks ago now? Mm -hmm. And I had some friends come over, And as always happens, you always buy and you prepare and everything. And then everyone just brings extra stuff. So we had like a million beers and and liquor drinks left over. And my parents were like, I don't want, I had it at my parents' house because they have a pool. My parents were like, we don't want this in the house. We don't like drink. We're not going to ever finish this. So like take it. So I brought back all the Bud Lights because they don't like it and whatever else I can get my hands on. So now I have beer for the next eight months and if anybody wants to come he's gonna finish that in a week he just wants to you know he feels weird being around a sober person no i'm just kidding i'm kidding (laughs) i want to sound responsible and yeah with a sober co-host i am okay so clearly we're not friends because i was not invited to your birthday party (laughs) i think you were out of town i think you were filming something (sighs) it's fine i see how it is that's it was july 4th weekend you had plans you were somewhere weren't you 
I was somewhere. Okay. See, I you, knew that. I, whatever. You can still offer an invitation, so I can reject you. My. You're God. right. You're right. My bad. Next year, you're you're the first person invited to my birthday in 2022. Oh, right now. How about thank that? Thank you. You guys all heard it here on Living the Damn. Yep. If he rescinds that invitation, <laughs> well, I've got proof. Uh, Mike, bravo. You have officially Oof. completed the damn dozen almost two years into this podcast. What a relief. I had all that time to prepare and I still feel like I didn't give all the good answers I wanted to. But hey, that's part of the putting it on the spot, right? Well, it's time for the casting call of the week. I'll go first because it sounds like you've got a story with yours. So I'll give you a little bit of a break. Um, mine is from backstage. It says commercial Australian women with long leg and <laughs> armpit hair. <laughs> you love finding these hairy related, uh, casting calls. So I see them actually all the time. And like, it's just so weird. And I don't I know why this one has to be Australian. Um, but casting women in or from Australia who let their leg and armpit hair grow long and are willing to shave it on camera remotely. This is for a commercial with tube science. Um, strong-willed, funny Australian women with personality. Um, bonus points if you have light skin and dark hair, open to any combo. Tattoos are a plus um, and must be willing to demo this in shower in a bathing suit or bikini. Pays $300. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I get a kick out of these like long-haired legs and armpit stuff and... The fact that now you like they're looking specifically for Australians with like tattoos. I don't know. It got me good. There's a lot of qualifiers there. Um, but yeah, I, it always seems like or you had the um, the growing out your hair thing, right? Was that yeah. L'Oreal? Um, yeah, it just seems like you. Yeah, these hair things come for you. Yeah, I'm, I, they must be feeding me things because of my searches or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, check Sarah's Google history. Yikes. Um, all right. Well, good luck with that. If you apply, uh, can you do an Australian accent or no? Um, not very well, I guess. You know what? I can shout out one more. That's helpful for anyone that's oh, looking too. sweet. Yeah. Why not? All right. So we all know gossip girl rebooted, right? Mm -hmm. Everybody knows about this. If not now, you know, uh, HBO put out a, uh, new gossip girl. So this is, uh, Facebook is partnering with the reboot cast of gossip girl to showcase the passion that sparked fashionistas around the world. They would like to feature fans modeling outfits inspired by their favorite gossip girl character. Um, if you want to apply, fill out the questions, upload a video of yourself strutting your favorite Gossip Girl-inspired outfit as if you are walking the runway. Um, so if this is something you're interested in, you can check out saltandlimemedia.com. Um, it would be listed there. I'm actually probably going. I wasn't going to apply for this, and now I'm like, fuck it. Now you've inspired yourself. A thousand bucks. I'm doing <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, that's not nothing. That's great. Yeah. You got to go live on Instagram for like three hours to get those badges for a thousand bucks. Now you can just do this for Facebook and you'll be yeah. good to go. Um, all right. So I just got, I have two. Um, one, it's actually, you mentioned it. Similar thing happened to you earlier. I get a text message on Tuesday this week. Hi, Mike. Thanks for submitting to our insert job here for, I'm going to leave this redacted, um, for our company. What's a good email address I can email you additional information to? Thanks. And I, like, he tells me what the job was and who the company's for. And I have no idea who this is. I don't remember ever submitting for this recently. It's like, what's going on? So I go back and I search through all my emails, nothing. I go to all the websites that we subscribe to and see where I've applied to. Mm -hmm. I'm scrolling, I'm scrolling. Finally, I find it on backstage. I applied to this job February 5th this year. 
And I just get a text message, never heard anything. I get a text message now, July, what, like 9th? Hey, Mike, thanks for applying. What, like, what's a good email for more info? I was like, what? Like, are you kidding me? And it was a job that at the time was virtual, but it's based in LA. So now do they want me to go to LA in person? Is it virtual now? Like life changes over the course of, of five, six months. So these people, they are, they're, they're losing it out there. Um, however, it is still virtual and I am still auditioning this week and it's like $1,500 an episode. So I'm not giving away any information because I might actually get the job hopefully. So cross your fingers for that. Could nice, be awesome. nice, nice, nice. Um, but then the other one that I had, it was, um, a female, uh, friend of mine got this in her like casting suggestions and she sent it to me saying, Hey, I think you'd be a good fit for this. Check it out. And they're looking for someone age 35 to 65. Uh, an actor presenting masculine energy to portray a corporate executive in an office setting. She is uh, not 35. She's much younger than us. Um, and she, as she will tell you, not like she's not very masculine presenting. So she sent that to me and it's one of the websites we both subscribe to. I got this. I got this. You got too. it too? So weird. I never got this. I'm a 35 year old man. So I don't get that or the masculine thing. And I'm like, what's wrong with my profile that I'm not getting these things. But, but you guys are, I think they categorized it wrong. And I also read it in. So otherwise I normally would, I forward things to people that I feel like they're a fit for. I just assumed they wanted someone who was female that presents as masculine. And that's why I personally oh. like was like, well, no, that's not me. Um, nor did I forward, but it sounds to me now, like they probably just like checked the wrong boxes in their search categories. Maybe. Cause then it says, it says multiple genders, any ethnic appearance. So I understand like the gender thing that could be anybody, but for like her to get it, not in that age bracket, she's like 26. I am in that age bracket and I didn't get it. So yeah, it seems like these wires cross. So uh, another lesson takeaway, like make friends with people in the industry, be good at networking, be friendly. Cause then when jobs that maybe are good for you that you don't see come up for other people, they'll forward it like Sarah does often. And like I do. And like this other person does um, when people like you, they're going to send you stuff because you're a good person. So just be cool, I guess. Be cool. Um, yeah. well, that's, it. that's it for today. Like we said, next week, you've got the voiceover voiceover episode with my friend, Dara Rosenberg, who's incredible. So definitely stay tuned for that. And then of course we'll have our finale episode the week after, um, where we'll be talking about when do you give up? <laughs> when do you throw in the towel? Yep. Um, well, for now we're throwing in the towel on this episode. Um, nice. and in the meantime, y'all keep going out and living the damn dream.